Are you ready to do a sound check? Oh, yeah. Sound check. Oh, yeah. Can you hear my sound? Yes, you're coming loud and clear. Oh, good. You sound like you're coming loud and clear from the 50s. Well, that's because I grew up in the 50s, which was actually (laughs) the 80s (laughs) in central (laughs) Illinois. It's so true. It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. (laughs) Oh, man. Seems like a beautiful morning for podcasting. It's a beautiful morning for podcasting. That's right. Well, hello, everybody. And this is Kimberly and Coach bringing to you your... Christian Curve Leadership Podcast. Yo. And today, we're doing the teaching thing, discussion thing, <laughs> conversation thing. You're ready to be thing. taught. <laughs> or at least be ready to like, you know. <laughs> we don't, we're not interviewing anybody. You're stuck with us. That's what he means. <laughs> That's right. We're just, it's just us today. It's just us talking about some things that we find exciting and important. So the, the tentative... A title of this episode was, no, really, you do have a choice. You do have a choice. And while a lot of people are going to find this to be a little controversial, <laughs> I think. What? I don't want any choices. Well, you know, because the, the, the thing of it is, is that if people have a choice, that disrupts a lot of, a lot of systems. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, governmental. I'll you down that track. Corporates. You know, they're, all of a sudden, you know, people lose the ability to complain. <laughs> and we're on a new track. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, that's so, what happens when Coach podcast in the morning. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You never know where it's going to go at that point. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, I think a lot of what we complain about is things that we we feel stuck in. We feel like we don't have any choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's let's back up the train a little bit. Um, we are creation curve leadership, and so one of the things we talk about a lot is the creation curve, and though it has three elements, you know, creation. I'm sorry, core creation and community. There it is. There it is. There it is. And so one of the things that we really talk about a lot when we get into that creation piece is that we as human beings have agency. Does that mean like an ad agency? We all have ad agencies. <laughs> you want me to make TV commercials, Coach? Is that what you want me to do? Not in that voice. That, I don't even know what that voice is. I'm, I'm going to vote no <laughs> to that TV commercial. <laughs> when we think of agencies, we think of ad agencies and sport agencies, you know, the noun. Um, but the word agency just means the ability to create a change or to make a decision. To exert power. The ability to exert power. Not in like a jerky, you know... I have the power, you must obey me. It's like you started as He-Man and then ended as a dictator. (laughs) I was trying to go for like more like a blend of He-Man and Skeletor there, but it just really didn't work. Why Why are you blending Uh, He-Man and Skeletor? Well, power. I have the power. Skeletor wants the power. We're so nerdy. All right, well... It's okay, though. 
Everybody, everybody who's listening is willing to let us be just a little nerdy, I hope. <laughs> or they're gone. They're like, well. <laughs> they're like, enough of this. <laughs> He-Man and Skeletor. What are you people, 12? <laughs> a little, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, so agency. So agency. <laughs> the, ability to, the ability to do exert power. And I think that that, that definition eludes a lot of people. You know, because the mythology that we're handed is you don't get the the ability to choose oftentimes. You must what's the word we like to like to hear? Oh, you must play the hand that you're dealt. Hmm. Actually you generally don't have to play the hand that you're dealt. <laughs> That's kind of the thing with card games, right? Like you get some cards and then you choose some different cards. <laughs> what? Trade some in. You could fold. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm done with this card game. Yeah, I, that actually requires people to to understand they're that they're playing, though. Right. You know, and I think that's where a lot of people they're not the stars of their own movies. Right. I think agency is in some ways the opposite of powerlessness. Like a lot of us, like we go through life kind of moved by the current of everything that's happening around us. Life has been kind of laid out by our parents or by society. Or, you know, wherever we inherited all our expectations from. And so we just move through life and let circumstances move us to the right and to the left. Yeah, it kind of crash into us, you know? Right. And then, and then when we don't like the circumstances, we say, we complain. We say, oh, I hate this life or what a nightmare or... That's just the way it that's is. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Uh, but, you know, the, this, the, Some the things do song, change, yeah. song. Well, actually, that's the point of the song, though, is that don't you believe it. Oh, don't you believe right? it. That's supposed to don't you believe it. Mm-hmm. Don't you believe it. Right. It's like, the like, power of inflection. Yeah, I mean, I think that whole song is about that myth, <laughs> you know, and... The don't whole, you believe it. The whole song is about, no, no, that's not just the way it is. You're missing the point. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've heard that song. Can yeah. we take a little podcasty break and listen to it? Yeah, we sure. We just like put it in. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't serious about oh, that. Okay. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drop it in because, you know, copyright, copyright. NASCAP and all that mm. stuff. So we don't Can have we put a, a link? Let's put a link. We'll put a link to like, a, the, the, like the official YouTube the show video. notes. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe the less official funny YouTube video, because I'm sure there is one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe both. Yeah, right. Okay, we digress. So. Don't you believe it. Coming yeah, back. So don't you believe it. So, but here's the thing. I mean, we also need to understand that, you know, we don't have cosmic agency. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not God. Right. And like that's what a lot of people say. Oh, well, you know, like I hear a lot of uh, law of attraction type of folks say, oh, well, you know, just, you know, believe it and you'll achieve it. And and to to a certain degree, that's true. But you know what? There's a lot of things that that we cannot control. And so there's like a sphere of influence, a sphere of control that, that's around us in which we can make and practice our agency. Right. But that doesn't. You know that 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 doesn't necessarily mean that you know you have ultimate control over reality, right? And I've heard people teach that, and they're like, "Oh, well, actually, no, actually, you're God." I'm like, "No, no," because if I'm God, we're all in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because right. if I'm God, then I am making He Man and Battle Cat and Skeletor, and you know, we're going to be living in the eternity. Let's not go too far <laughs> down that road, babe. <laughs> On the other hand, though, we have people who say, "Well." 
what about what about tornadoes? What about right. hurricanes? Mm-hmm. You know, what about getting struck by lightning? Do you have agency there? Right. Well, you know, no. There, <laughs> there mm-hmm. are things in this world, illness, um, you know, wicked people that that inflict things on us. Right. That's true. Our agencies oftentimes crash into each other as well. Right. We have to deal with the agency of other people, people mm-hmm. who also get to make choices and have the power to make change. Um, but in spite of the fact that we are not in you know, perfect control of everything that happens in our life, we are in control, or we can be, of a lot of things that happen in our life. Right. And so I think sometimes the temptation is to say, well, I could be struck by lightning tomorrow and I'd have no control over that. So I don't have any control over anything. You know, this is, this is just the life that's been handed to me. And so what happens is I think people, people have values and dreams that they want to act out, but they don't feel that like they can, they feel stuck. Right. Right. You know, like, so what's an example of someone who, who maybe feels really stuck, but isn't. <laughs> you should see the look on Ben's face. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> we just talked I mean, about twenty of... of them last night, <laughs> trying to do a little volley back and forth here, babe. Love you. <laughs> okay, so one example might be um, the the classic story of I hate my job. My boss is such oh, an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're potentially in this place. You go there every day. You spend 40 hours to 50 hours a week in your job. And you can't stand the people or you can't stand the work. And yet every morning you get up and you go to that job and you say, well, I don't have a choice. Right. I've already been working here for 20 years. I can't just go work somewhere else. Yeah, I can't just start over. Like, what? <laughs> no, you can. <laughs> or maybe it's. Um, I would have to go back to school. That would cost money. Or the job that I really want isn't here and my whole family is here. Or, you know, we we would like to invest in, well, now I'm in a different, I almost jumped the ship. <laughs> I almost jumped the, the metaphor there. I think other other stories like, you know, my family would not support that thing, whatever that thing is, you know. I want to marry the wrong person <gasps> or um, go into the wrong profession. You know, in some families, there's a high expectation that that you go into a family where you or a profession where you are helping someone like a teacher or a pastor or some families are you need to be an engineer or a doctor or, or a you know, banker or insert name of highly paid position here. And that individual actually wants to go join the Peace Corps. Right. Yeah. Or in some families, the idea of going to college and trying to have a professional job is is like haughty. You know, like, oh, you think you're better than the rest of us. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? That's our favorite non-agency statement because it means someone can do that, but just not you. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think you are? A person who's allowed to do the thing you want to do? Who do you think you are? A human being? (laughs) I think a lot of time when we say, I just can't do that. I could never do that you know, I'm stuck here. It's not that we can't do it. It's that we feel like the cost is too high. Oh, what? (laughs) A lot of times making a change for something that we want more than what we have 
is going to cost something. It's true. It might cost money. It might cost disappointing your family. It might cost um, re... Uh, gosh, I cannot think of the word. Um, moving moving your kids to a new school district. I don't know what the reword is that I was thinking of. Mm. Yeah, it might cost you, you know, quote unquote respect, you know, um, which of course, you know, then the question is, what's, what was that worth to begin with? I suppose. When you were so unhappy in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's more, it's more of a cost and myth, I think. Okay. So what do you mean by myth? So we all have our own, our own myths, our own stories about what success is, about what family is, about what being a quote unquote good person is. And sometimes the, the things that we want to do go, go counter to the stories that we've been handed. And we know that they're counter to the story. And oftentimes we don't make those moves. We don't make those changes because they go against the mythos that, you know, that someone has said, Oh, well, in order to be a good person or to be accepted, you have to be X, you know, you have to be, you have to have a good job making $75,000 a year with a family and 2.5 kids, uh, a dog and a picket fence. You know, and that's what picket fences are kind of out. Well, you know, there's there's still kind of some picket fence mythos out there, <laughs> true, I think. Even though it's more, it looks more like maybe like a McMansion, I think. But <laughs> um, yeah, we don't have yards to fence anymore. That's a whole different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's more like we have a giant house on a tiny plot of land. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a like lot shaking of the... hands with a giant ha- house next to it. Yeah, it's like you know, open up your window and you know, passing your neighbor a cup of sugar, which you know, there could be benefits to that, <laughs> there I suppose, benefits. but. Um, I think that would be awesome. Not, yeah, not to say that there, you know, there's there's benefits to McMansion-y uh, kinds of like things. Like a too, drive-through, so. only like the house went through the drive-through. You just open up your kitchen window, and they'd open up their kitchen window, and you'd be like, "Hey, hey what's up? Got a hamburger? I'd like a hamburger." Yeah, right. With cheese, always with cheese. <laughs> Ben's like, whatever. <laughs> it's like, okay. Hey, if I want a house that has a drive-through for another house, then I could do that. Hey, you could do that. There Absolutely. are ways we could do that. Yeah, you know, you might have to fight with the county a little bit about that overbuilding <laughs> code, but you know, but, but it's possible. You to know what? Do. Though I think houses are a great example. You know, um, I definitely come from a culture, a you know, a midwestern idea of what success looks like. You own, you own a house. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's something that we've talked about a lot. Uh, right now we live in an apartment. We we did own a home and um, we moved and now we live in an apartment. Jack has questions. When do we get to have a house? And I kind of like having an apartment, but it goes <laughs> yeah. against it goes against my mythos on some level mm-hmm. of what success looks like. But you know what? We don't we don't want to fix the dryer when it breaks. No. Our dryer broke recently, and then it took three different tries for someone to fix it and you know who that someone wasn't not me it wasn't ben <laughs> which is good because that's not really his forte or mine and uh no mowing the yard no, no one has to mow the yard <laughs> we don't um, have to fight about who mows the yard oh my gosh it would be a problem for me because in my mythos i'm i'm such a feminist i really am 
but in my mythos, like the husband was the, the lawn. So I know we would have issues because I also want the lawn to look nice. And Ben is way less visual than me. So like every three days I'd be like, go mow the lawn. And he'd be like, it's fine. And then we would have to have therapy. And so I actually think it's better that someone else mows our right, lawn. Right. You know, and also when we talk about our values, one of our values is that we want to travel and we want Jack to travel. We want him to see the world and to have a wide perspective of the human story. And a lot of people that I know would like to travel, but all their money is stuck in their house. You know, right. a phrase to do their house poor. Mm-hmm. So you've got this great house and that allows you to live inside of it really nicely, but it doesn't really allow you to leave it. And so in my values, I kind of want a really nice place to like, you know, have a nice home base, but I I don't want it to have the power to stop me from going to see sure. Stonehenge or us. Jack says his one of his dreams is he wants to go to China. So, so he can soon, see pandas. So he can see pandas. <laughs> you know, and so as soon as possible I want to be able to do that with him. And I don't mind trading right now. It could change. You know, but like I have the agency to not play that rollout. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, they just do. Because that's what you're supposed to do. And if, if you want a of really nice house, buy a house, then definitely go do that because you have the agency to right. do that. If that's your choice. You know, if it, you want to do that, then put the pieces in place and work hard and, and get there. So I'm not saying it's bad to, to own a big house, you know, go for it. Right. I really like having friends who own big houses and are <laughs> hospitable. So if that's you, you know, give me a call. But if you don't want that, you actually don't have to do that just because, you know, you grew up feeling like I'll be successful when I own a house, you know, and that's just one Mm -hmm. tiny example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just one example. Like, you know, we, we, we've known people who, who their mythos is, well, I'll be successful when I own X car and Mm -hmm. I'll be successful when I have X job or X Mm -hmm. position. And it always seems weird to me that, that when they achieve those things, oftentimes it's like a really sad day. Yeah. It's like there's my nothing... whole life I wanted this mm-hmm. and now I have it. So then what? Right. And so I think that part of the part of agency too is understanding that when you achieve something that part of the human experience and part of the human condition is looking to is always having something else to reach for. Yeah. You know, because uh, once you land in one spot, then there, there needs to be another thing. I think that's how we're designed. Hmm. I think we just have that that built-in desire to reach. And when people when people in, reach the end of their mythos, then they find out that maybe their mythos was too small. Right. You know, and there's nothing wrong with having a myth. Everyone we all have myths, you know? But the question is, you know, what happens when you achieve the myth? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens when you ascend to Mount Olympus, you know, and, and capture the Thunderbolts? I mean, then what do you do? Right? Sorry, I'm dipping into Greek mythology yep. and young Hercules there. So. Wow. Wow, babe. You're <laughs> going for the, uh, you know. I have to start bringing in some actual, you know, current TV references <laughs> just for balance. <laughs> yes, perhaps. But I think, you know, one of the things that I think we want to come back around to is that you know, agency and the, the desire to achieve and the desire to reach, you know, it does cost something oftentimes. And sometimes that cost is worth it. And sometimes we don't feel the cost is. Sometimes the cost 
brings up when we examine the cost, it brings about fear, and a lot of people stay exactly where they are because where they are is probably okay enough, you know, and right. at least we have something to complain about. And <laughs> yeah, I feel like in the short run, the lowest cost thing is always the status quo. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything to keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. In the long run, it might cost you a lot, you know, because you might spend your whole life being unhappy about something that you never change. But in the short run, you're, you're, there's not there's not a high cost to keep in doing what you're doing. There's only yeah. the cost you've already paid and that uh, that you're currently paying. You know, it's not like a investment. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to change the status quo, it's going to cost you something. You know, it might your your family might be completely behind you. It might be completely in line with your cultural story, but um, it might cost you time. It might cost you saying no to some other things. So, you know, maybe you have an idea for a book and you've always wanted to write a book, which is so many people. Oh, yeah. So many people say, like, someday I just really want to write this book. Mm-hmm. And the percentage of people that write the book that they talk about for their entire life is pretty low. Yeah. And hey, the you know re- what? I actually have a thing on that. A thing? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I got like a, I did that video course, oh. book in 30 days. <laughs> so if that's you and you want to write a book, I got a, I got a thing. Shameless right? plug. Shameless plug. I'll Shameless, you up. really unclear All right. plug. Ben has a thing. You could buy his thing. <laughs> no, it just doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> <laughs> ben has an e-course about writing a book. However, the point I was going to make is it takes it takes time to write a book, you know? Yeah. Um, way more time than you realize. It's such a romantic idea, like I'm just going to sit down and the words are just going to flow it's out. Flow like in a couple of days, I'll have a book, which <laughs> is like ridiculous. I mean, it's not impossible because some people write really short books and then publish them really poorly formatted and... It's really just a book of quotes from people they like. You could do that in a day and then sell it for $5 at your speaking gig. But if you want to write a real book, you know, it's going to take you some time. <laughs> we, we might know some of that. but um, We're not going to do that, though. We, <laughs> no, we are not, because that is not in line with my personal values. <laughs> but, you know, if I, if I write a book and I, I put my name on it, then I want it I want it to be something that I'm really proud of. And I know because I've made books before, it right. takes a lot of time. And mm-hmm. then if you're going to publish it in a traditional way, you're going to write it. And then it's going to take like a year and a half to two years before it like sees the world, you know, because it takes time to, to lay it out for print and to edit it and to proof it and copy it, edit it and to design the cover and to decide what the title is because you almost never, Get full decision on your title, mm-hmm. although you do have a choice, unless you sign a real dumb contract, to like say, no, this will not be the title. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, there's, just, there's just a cost. And so one of the reasons that I haven't written a book, because I have many ideas for books and have made books, so you would think it wouldn't be that hard. Um, I currently, I just wrote a book for someone else, actually. Um, it's because I would have to say no to so many things to make the space to do that. Yeah. And so there would be a cost. And so far, I haven't wanted to say no to those things. You know, I, Ben and I have a high value for neighboring and for being in relationship with people. I don't want to say no to people right now so I can hold up and write a book just yet. I, someday, there's going to be a day that I'm ready to do that, but it's just not yet. You have to count the cost, but then I'm not saying... 
well, I can't write a book because I have no, that just can never happen to me. I haven't been given the kind of life that allows me to write a book. Well, that's not true. I just haven't chosen <laughs> to write a book yet. Right. You know, I, I completely have the agency to write a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely within your sphere of influence and your sphere of movement, you know. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people think that they have this this weird lockdown on themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because they haven't seen other people do it. You know, they've only seen you know their their stories can only have only extended you know for as far as what they can see, and when they have these other ideas about what they maybe could do, they think, oh well. But nobody no, can do that. Nobody can do that. Nobody can make a thing fly, right? Nobody can, you know, create a horseless <laughs> carriage. <laughs> nobody can create a a box that can, you know, have moving pictures on it. You know, I mean, we've had all kinds of bizarro things. Like, you know, if we were to go back in time and do a little time travel, and you know, with a with a cell phone, you know, <laughs> let's take a cell phone back to the 1600s, you know, and see how long that you see how long you last before you're called a witch. I mean, you know, it's, but that's because people exercise their agency and move past and beyond what their story led them to. Mm-hmm. You know, they walked past the story that they had been given. I think that's another part of agency is that, you know, you can, you know, you can go ahead and create the things that you're, that you're, that you've been dreaming about. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not only, you know, just what someone has told you you can do. Right. And I think, I mean, you're kind of in the realm of the extreme with inventions that people think are impossible there. But I think also there are things where we think people can do it, but somehow like only great people can do that. And we don't see ourselves in that category. Like, Mm -hmm. um, like only geniuses can write a book or only, only a real powerhouse (laughs) person can, (laughs) can, can have this role, you know? Um, and that it gets back to that. Like, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You know, real people don't become professional athletes. Well, yeah, they do. Not very many of them, but they do. (laughs) You know, um, JK Rowling who wrote Harry Potter, she like lived in her car for part of the time that she was writing that. Yeah. She's really, really struggling and poor. And, and, and there was a story she was telling her children because they had nothing else to do, you know? And, and yet we think like all the conditions have to be perfect for us to stars must align. Yeah. There has to be like a spotlight from heaven saying, I have decided that you will write the next seven book series of awesomeness. Mm -hmm. Or someone will bring bring their bust out their fairy godmother (laughs) magic wand, (laughs) you know, and, and, and somehow grant you magical powers to perform the actions. You yeah, know. like we feel like we personally don't have permission. Yeah. Well, we do. To the do the thing time. that we're dreaming about. Right. And I think a lot of times the difference is one person believes that they can and one person doesn't. Yeah. So what are you going to be? That's the question, my friends. Are you going to exercise the agency to to do the things that you actually want? And are you willing to step up, count the cost, and pay it? Right. You know? And I mean, and if you're, if you're not, that's okay. Yeah, it totally is okay. Sometimes it's not worth the cost to you. Right. But then stop complaining about it mm-hmm. like it's someone else's fault. <laughs> right. Sure. I mean, you know, there's a lot of opportunities I have literally have walked past and have been offered to me. But because they would have put me on the road 260 days out of the year, 
I walked past because the cost wasn't worth it to my family. So could I have made a whole bunch of a whole bunch of money and be in a completely different spot than I am now? Well, sure, of course I could. Yeah, I don't dislike the spot that I'm in, <laughs> but at the same time, I've, I've I've bypassed a lot of opportunity because it just wasn't worth the cost. And so while I could have exercised my agency to select those conditions, I opted not to. And so that's the so other. So what do you of feel agency. like you selected instead? Because it's not like you didn't select something. Right. I mean, I certainly selected, you know, um, and I made lots of selections, but I think I, uh, my family has been always my priority, mm-hmm. you know, versus, you know, cause let me tell you, first of all, I abhor traveling by myself because <laughs> it's, it's the worst possible thing for me to go into a restaurant and sit by myself. I hate that, mm. you know, um, traveling with Kimberly and Jack on the other hand is way more fun. You know, because then there's a shared substance of things that we get to that we get to do together, and so that's a, a completely different selection. You know, right. and so, um, so so that's been his, a, his boss actually knows if she really wants him to travel, she has to buy tickets for me and Jack. <laughs> yeah, and then the chances are really good that he's going to go. Yeah, and then I'll be like, okay, you know, and then that makes sense. So, I mean, as my in my current. You know, my current trade position as an IT trainer, you know, I mean, I have a ton of opportunity. If I were, if I were to, you know, decide I wanted to travel every week, I could travel every week. Right. You know, but that would uproot everything that's here in Austin. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd have to leave paradise every week. Who would <laughs> want to do that? I mean. It's hard to get people to travel when they live somewhere so awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or I could just stay here in Austin. So yeah. I could just stay here and do that. But I think, I think just constantly you choose to be present with Jack, you know? Yeah. Which is, is a choice, I think, in our culture, too, that, um, you know, in our family, we we co-parent, you know, we're like 50, 50. Ben is just as involved as I am and more on some days, you know? Um, but there's a lot of cultural spaces where that is the, not the story, right? You know, mm-hmm. like the husband feels like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I, I just let the wife handle it, mm-hmm. you know, and which drives me up a freaking wall, <laughs> by the way, like, like, can we just diverge, diverge for just a second? <laughs> let me tell you a story. Okay. There is Uh-oh. a fellow that I do, <laughs> all right, and then I, that I did. I started to get to know, and I had a, a, a at least a modicum of respect. And then, oh man, Ben has a real frown on. Oh, you should see well, his face; he's all furrowed. This, brow. this story, <laughs> you know, and this is a fellow who was at a church <laughs> that we were part of, and um, you know, they had a they had a baby. You know, he and his wife had a baby, and. When it came to, I overheard him at some point in time, you know, we're, they were talking about diapers and, you know, baby stuff. And he said, oh, I don't do any of that stuff. That's what my wife is for. And I wanted to knock him out. <laughs> I mean, I could not believe the hubris and the misogyny in that statement. Hmm. You know, uh, I know that's been like the traditional roles, you know, for a long, t- long time. In, in American culture, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, we need to call it out and say that, that we have to, as, as dads, we have to stop being stupid. You know? <laughs> and, and I think say, as moms, we have to let our husbands co-parent. I think, and there's, I there's think there's some, some, too, yeah. there's some, uh, it's, it's a, 
it's not just the men. I think it that that reinforce that role of like mom has to do any everything because sometimes that's the story that the mom wants, you know, right. like to be mm-hmm. the martyr that doesn't have any help and um they they want to be in control of everything their children are doing. They don't like how their husbands do it. Right. You know, so they're like mm-hmm. constantly criticizing their husband. You know, we're it's, in like a totally different podcast now, but I mean I I do think it's a you don't no, have to live is, that story. Right. I you have agency, agency to change though, the story. Yeah. So, like, our buddy Andy, back in uh, Roselle, mm-hmm. you know, was a very checked-in dad. Yeah. You know, very active, you know, in you know in his job. But, I mean, dude was, you know, and, and still is, you know, 100% for his, for his right. girls. Also from the same church, so not every church person. Right, and that's the other thing. You know, that in the same <laughs> church, you know, we've got Andy, and then we've got this other guy who we shall not name. Um <laughs> And then, uh, then, like, even here in town, you know, like Terry, you know, yeah. uh, who is a, you know, quote unquote, stay at home dad or a little more like a work at home dad. Right. You know, and uh, Zach, mm-hmm. you know, and so it, it seems like. We tend to hang out with people where both, you know, the right, guy is yeah. engaged mm-hmm. with. Because if the guys aren't engaged with their kids, they, it's hard for them to relate to Ben. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm, a, you know, I, I, that is a, a major priority is, you know, is to bring this, to grow this human being up. And, right. And that's what I'm exercising my agency for and making that selection for. Right. So I think to bring it back, you know, what we were talking about originally was you, you had a lot of opportunity to make really good money oh, yeah. if you were willing to travel every week, mm-hmm. which would mean you would only be home on the weekends. And so you wouldn't be as much a part of Jack's day-to-day life. And we had a season of that, you know, in our marriage where you did travel for about six months, you know, where like a lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of weeks you were in a different state. Um, and you know, with technology and stuff, there, there's ways for us to communicate in ways that when you have a baby, you can't, you know, they don't Skype and Mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, it wasn't ideal, but it was for a season and it was fine. So it's not that you can't make that choice, but but for us, as soon as Jack was born, we just knew we want Jack to know that he's important, you right. know, mm-hmm. not that he's the center of everything, because that's a whole different story you can live out that your child is the center of the universe and you have no personality outside of them. We don't play that game either, yeah, <laughs> but a, we yeah. want him to know that he's a party and he's important and we want to be in, in his everyday moments. We want those moments. We don't want to outsource them. Right, right, right. So, so the question, you know, going back to the question is, you know, what, what story are you going to select? Because you can select your, your story. Mm-hmm. And we have to be smart about the stories we select, I think. We need to, to, to look at the costs, you know, because I, I do know folks who they do want that story of I'm on an airplane every week. Right. And that's the story that they want, you know, and that's cool. You know, and they want they want the uh, you know the mansion, and they want the the super <laughs> fast car, and you know, then they have the agency to to go out and get those things. Right. Uh, and I think that to you know, even like Stephen Hawking. Okay, let's take him for example. All right. So, dude's a pretty smart guy, right? <laughs> Just you know, a little, a little smart. Average. But he is he's been confined to a wheelchair for decades. You know, but dude's going into space. Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, lots of people say lots of things, you know, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. And you know what? I, I, every time I hear someone say something like that, 
I'm like, no, no, no. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't. You know, because Stephen Hawking, who can't walk or talk, you know, who has to use a keyboard to 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 talk with. I mean, dude's going into space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. That's that. I don't know how much more agency, much more of a story of agency we can get. Right. You know, and. Uh, you know, people have done. We always, everyone loves the underdog story. So if, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this and you are the underdog, and you do have the big dream, you know, you have the agency, you have the capability to achieve it. Right. It might be harder than if you right. weren't the underdog. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the definition, right? Right. We're not saying mm-hmm. that choosing your the circumstances of your life isn't hard. It, it is. It is sometimes really hard and Mm -hmm. sometimes that whatever the thing that you want comes really easily for someone else who has a lot of privilege or who has a lot of talent or you know physically can walk and and talk without a little machine you know like there there are things that can hold you back but they don't have to hold you back indefinitely you know right Mm -hmm. we're not we're not trying to like blow smoke here like anybody can just do anything and it's easy just decide you know because it takes some work now it's like decide (laughs) and now work your ass off yeah because you you can make the choices in your life to do the things that you want to do Mm -hmm. yeah so let's end with a story about les brown shall we yes we shall so this is a good story so kimberly and i were coached by les brown um so for for a short time, and where was a or we were at an event. Uh, it was the it was the day before the big coach coaching round, and uh, we were. Les was telling his story. You know, if you don't know who Les Brown is, Les Brown is probably one of the preeminent motivational speakers in the world. Uh, he has this amazing story. You know, he started off as a quote unquote nobody, and so he was telling his story uh, and how he came up. And he's been doing it for like 30 years. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, like, dude's been around for a long, long time in the speaking like when world. When he was starting, it was a little bit of a different world. Yeah, it's a very different world, you know. And so uh, this lady in the audience, you know, raised her hand to, uh, to ask a question. And, you know, her question was, it's very rehearsed, very... It's like a sing-songy. Yeah. <laughs> Like she, she mm-hmm. really loved to say the phrase. <laughs> mm-hmm. She just wanted to say this. She says, "When did you realize that what you visualize will materialize?" <laughs> Only and, higher pitch. Like, when did you realize that what you visualize will materialize? Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's good. That's a that's a pretty good uh, pretty good invitation. Too much swagger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so Les thought about it for a second and. He has this kind of thoughtful look on his face, and then he turns around and says, "When I work my ass off." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a that was a good day. That was a classic <laughs> moment, you know. And it's true, and he has worked his ass off, you know. Right. I mean, you know, there's a reason why he he gets paid, you know, thirty thousand, sixty thousand dollars a gig, you know, because mm-hmm. he has worked and worked at his craft. And he made selections along the way to put him where he's at. Right. Um, so, what are you going to pick? What are you going to choose? What are you? How are you going to be using your agency? What is it going to cost you? Is it worth the cost? If it is, will you work your ass off? Right. So you've been listening to Creation Curve Leadership with Coach and Kimberly.
And that's the end. That's all we got. Thanks for tuning in.